Please note the following episode with Iowa Hawkeye men's head tennis coach Ross Wilson was recorded before the shocking decision of the cutting of the men's tennis program after the 2020-2021 season. In speaking with Coach Wilson, we decided to go ahead with releasing this episode as it shows Coach Wilson's love for the program and all that Coach Wilson and his tennis program has to offer. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Courtside with Beanlitz and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We have with us today, sixth year men's head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes, Coach Ross Wilson. During his six years as Iowa's head coach, Coach Wilson has coached three All-Big Ten honorees and a number of student-athletes into the program's top wins list. Eight of Coach Wilson's student-athletes rank in the top 15 in single-season doubles wins, including five that are in the top 15 in career doubles victories. Coach Wilson played his collegiate tennis at Ohio State, where he was a standout from 2002 through 2006. He was a two-time NCAA All-American and three-time ITA national doubles champion. He was part of the only doubles tandem in the history of college tennis to ever win back-to-back ITA national indoor titles in 2005 and 2006, and was part of the number one ranked doubles team in the nation those seasons. We are happy to have him on. Please welcome to the pod, Coach Ross Wilson. Coach, thanks for taking time tonight, man. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Appreciate everything you're doing for college tennis. Oh, no problem at all. This is fun for me. Um, I'll start with basically the same question I've asked everybody recently. You, the family, the team, everyone holding up okay? Yeah, I mean, we're doing as well as we can in, in this tough time. I mean, obviously, our, our world kind of stopped here in March, but I think everybody's getting their bearings and things are slowly getting back to normal. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be back in the fall and August before we know it, practicing back on the courts. Hope so. Really, really hope so for everybody involved. So let's... Uh, Let's get started. Let's kind of go in the beginning. I, I mentioned earlier you played at Ohio State. You're from Ohio. Walk us through how you got uh, started in the sport. Actually, uh, my, my family is a big baseball family. My grandpa played in the minor leagues, and all my uncles and my brother played high school baseball and college baseball. And you know, that was the family sport. I, I did that. I played basketball also when I was younger and a little bit of soccer. And uh, when I was seven or eight, my dad uh, said, hey, let's go play tennis. And um, he was tearing my closet apart for the racket that he thought he got me for Christmas. And um, I told him, I was like, I don't even know what tennis is. And I'd love to play it, but what is it? And so finally, he looks behind his bed and he forgot to give me this barred racket for Christmas, which <laughs> is a brand that I've never even heard of at this point. And so we went out to the local high school courts and, and we hit for about an hour and um, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. We were just hitting back and forth and enjoyed it. When he got off work every night, we'd, we'd go to those courts for a couple summers and um, started to get better and better. And finally uh, got a couple lessons from Tom Martin, who was the pro um, at a country club in, in, uh, in, Ohio, in Toledo, and uh, slowly started to play some team tennis and some tournaments and uh, started to get coached by Mark Willingham and Mark Faber and played at Westtown Tennis Club in the courts of Sylvania and 15 years old started to play national events. So it was, I think for me, maybe a slower process than, than most and uh, definitely didn't foresee that uh, to be a tennis player. Thought, thought it'd be more playing baseball, but uh, happy, happy I made that choice. Yeah, for sure. And I actually know Mark Faber a little bit. I know he's very, very involved in the USPTA 
a um, bunch of leadership positions in that organization. He does a great, great job um, for everything involved in tennis. So shout out to Mark. Yeah, Mark's, Mark's a great guy. He's done a lot for the sport, um, especially at, you know, St. Francis where I went to high school, um, coaching so many kids, getting them to enjoy the, the game and being a part of the team. Yeah. Um, as far as your junior career, I want to go get into this a little bit with you because me being a high school coach, it's of interest to me. You played um, high school tennis, I believe, all four years. And yeah. you were – your team won state in 2001 and 2002. You were state finalist, um, I believe, in singles your senior year. You were top 40 in the nation in boys' 18s, I think top 15 in doubles. A lot of people with your resume – may choose not to play high school tennis. Was that a decision that, that uh, you really had to make or you were kind of all, all in on high school tennis? I mean, I was, I was always all in. Um, I think I was more of a team sport guy just by the sports that I grew up at. But, you know, going to St. Francis, it was interesting because St. Francis um, and St. John's were big rivals and St. John's was always the better tennis school. They, they may have won a couple of state titles and had some guys win some individual titles. And um, they were trying to get me to go there, but I just – I just fit in better with the, the crowd at St. Francis and, and just kind of what they were about. And knew a couple of guys that were going there. And, um, you know, that was, that was a big part for me is I wanted to go somewhere where obviously academics were really important, but, you know, we could kind of build a legacy and have success maybe that they had never had before. And, I mean, it helped that you had, you know, in Ohio, there's usually a lot of good players similar like there is in the Chicago area. Um, it helped obviously for you to have a group of guys who were really good. Obviously it would probably be a different scenario if you were clearly one of the best guys and there were, you know, the next group was way below your level. That was not your case. Yeah, that was actually very lucky. I mean, that's probably a credit to the school and also to Mark uh, Faber who, you know, I wouldn't say recruited, but um, you know, strongly suggested some kids to maybe come to St. Francis and, and I remember my freshman year getting there and, and Kevin O'Connell and David Kubacki were two of the other freshmen who were good players that joined me on the team. But we had, you know, six seniors who you know, at that point they were men, you know, we we're 15 year old boys coming in and they're 18 years old and there were some really good players. And I ended up beating out the guy who played number one for three straight years to play number one. And that, you know, that was a tough situation for him, but obviously he knew that I was better. And for me, it was a little bit awkward, but I think that was kind of the beginning of, of me kind of understanding, you know, really what it was about to be a part of a team and the sacrifices you had to make and the support you had to have for your teammates. And, um, you know, those, those things I think are really important. You don't learn those all the time in junior tennis because you're traveling around with your mom and dad and coach and it's all about you. But um, the high school thing was great for me because it, it just developed so many of those things I think you have to have to be on a successful team. Yeah, and I just want to make this clear for kids who, who listen to this. I mean, you as a college coach do not look at someone playing high school tennis as a negative at all. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, uh, some of those matches that we played in high school, I mean, those were, those were high pressure. I mean, playing in the state semifinals, playing the state finals. I mean, my freshman year playing in the city league finals, you know, against a, a senior Jeff Servas and, and beating him 7-5 in the third and then having – uh, our senior Eric Helm beat their their senior to win the whole thing. I mean that was that's just as big as some of the matches at Ohio State for me. And we had people, a couple hundred people there, and that was a big moment. So getting learning how to play in those moments, uh, 
learning how to play against older kids. When I was a freshman, there was a bunch of guys in the city of Toledo that were seniors and juniors that were, you know, ranked higher than me in the 16s and 18s. And I got a chance to play and beat a lot of those guys. And I think that gave me a lot of confidence, um, you know, helped develop my, my game a lot as well. Well, thanks for sharing those. Thanks for sharing your views. I was curious to hear what you thought about the high school tennis scene. So thank you for sharing that. So now you get recruited by um, quite a few schools, a lot in the Big Ten, um, just some Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Iowa, Penn State. There, there's a few. Uh, you ultimately wound up staying at home, going to Ohio State, had an unbelievable career there. Again, two-time NCAA All-American, three-time ITA national doubles champion. I said some of this stuff in the intro. Um, phenomenal college career. You actually played with some guys who I've actually had on the pod, including you played for your for your head coach, Ty Tucker, who we recently had. Yeah. Talk about why Ohio State actually won out and, and some uh, talk about some of your experiences at Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State to me was, you know, I remember eighth grade, ninth grade, um, thinking, man, that's where I really want to go play college tennis. If I'm fortunate enough to be able to go there and, and be a part of the team, that's what I want to do. There was a couple guys, Derek DeFelco and Bobby Wellstein, who are from Toledo, who are older guys, uh, played in the clinics when I was, you know, seventh, eighth grade. They were seniors, and I looked up to them. They were really good players. They went to Ohio State, played for Ty. Um, and then, I, you know, I'd always notice when Ty was around the tournaments recruiting me, and I remember there was a tournament uh, actually at – uh, Ron Schaub's club in, in Lakewood, um, in uh, Lakewood, Ohio, and I played BJ Monroe, and I was, and he played at Ohio State, and I, I was in high school at the time. It was, for me, it was a big match. I wanted to win, and I think I may have been up like seven two or seven three, and I shanked a ball, and I almost hit Ty in the head, and just, just couldn't, just couldn't play from there on out because I was thinking, <laughs> oh man, I almost hit the head coach in the head. It's the place I want to go. I'm trying to be this player, and. You know, but, um, you know, Ohio State was always always meant a lot to me. Recruiting trip, um, I just remember watching practice with uh, four or five of the guys out there and Ty's running them through drills and he had a lot of energy. It was competitive. Um, and I, you know, I just wanted to get out there and I wanted to play. And then I told my parents, like, I've never been more excited to go and play tennis uh, when I get home than I, than I was then. And so um, Ty had the program going at the time. I think they were 17 or 15 in the country. You know, they had won a Big Ten title. Um, and just, just had a vision, you know, and I think the energy and his vision were pretty uh, infectious to me, and he was just a relentless recruiter. I knew he, I was going to be a part of something special there, and he was going to work me hard, and you know, that's really what I was looking for. Yeah, and, and a quick plug, if you want to hear uh, some of uh, Ross's college uh, teammates, we had Drew Everly and uh, Todd Witkowski recently on the podcast. <laughs> episodes i know you guys have some great stories that we will not be sharing on this <laughs> that's for another time that, that could that could be a couple podcasts <laughs> so now we go into your transition into coaching you're done with your college career you played on the pro tour for a little bit i found this interesting and we were talking a little bit offline you did not get into college coaching right away you actually coached a female player top 100 player canadian sharon fitchman how did that all get started and, and talk about that experience? Cause that's something that, you know, I would say not every college coach has done something like that. It, it was a great opportunity for me. It kind of came out of the blue. Um, I was working with some juniors in, in Columbus, working at Elysium tennis for, for Brian Heil, um, learning a lot there, just kind of how to teach the game. And 
um, traveling to tournaments, things like that. And then uh, Matt Baccarani, who had played at Ball State, we played some money tournaments together up in Canada, was coaching Sharon and he took a job at a club and I had met her a couple of years back and we just kind of stayed in touch and she asked if I'd come out to a couple of tournaments in Europe. And so I did that and she had some success and uh, just kind of continued throughout the next year or so uh, doing that. But it, it was a really good experience I mean, to see that level of tennis, um, to see the commitment that those, those women have and, and some of the mixed events with men and women. Remember in Portugal, uh, being in the player uh, lounge, getting to watch Federer do an interview. And, you know, it's the only time he's going to be in Lisbon, Portugal the whole year. And he spent about three hours with the person interviewing. I thought that was just unbelievable. You know, those little things that people don't see. Um, and, and then the clinics that they're doing with the kids and all that type of stuff. Just just the professionalism of those guys was was awesome to see. What an experience. And, and to, see, to see the game and learn the game on a global scale, too, is pretty – Pretty awesome. That's a great experience for you. So you do that for a little bit, then you get into college coaching. How did that all start and where did you get started at? Um, you know, I was, I was still working at the club and, you know, I wanted to do something. The, the competitiveness wasn't there. You know, I, I knew there was something in me that, you know, I, I, I need more. I need to be involved more in the results. Um, you know, I want to build something. I want to, you know, there's something. And so Kenyon College, the opportunity at Kenyon College came open gambier ohio which is about 45 minutes north of columbus um, and john cox was the assistant there he had just gotten um, a head coaching job and called me on a sunday night and said hey this this job you should look at this you know scott Tilkey, the head coach is really interested he's a great guy and so literally the next day on monday i drove up you know spent the whole day on campus um, talked to scott a lot and uh ended up accepting the job i remember dave Schilling, who was our volunteer at Ohio State at the time, I was actually living with him uh, in his basement. I'll actually get a good kick of that, kick out of that one. But um, he he had been a head coach at Kenyon at one point, and he said, "If you don't take this job, you know you're never going to get into college coaching. This is the best opportunity. You know they have a great indoor facility, great outdoor. You can win. Scott's a great guy." And so um, I just jumped in, started in January, and um, you know learned a lot and. and in recruiting, it was definitely a different um, animal being in Division Three, where it was a little more academic driven um, than I was used to as a player at Ohio State and, and time management and things like that. But it was definitely a good learning experience. And um, guys on the team were awesome. Scott had done such a good job of building a, a championship culture. And, you know, I was just trying to get in there and fit in and help out any way that I could. And um, we had a pretty young team, didn't really – Scott didn't really know how well we were going to do and guys ended up uh, winning conference and making the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament and then stuck around for the following year and we were in the NCAA finals and had a couple All-Americans. Um, so it was a, a unbelievable experience for me. I mean, a year and a half into your college coaching experience and you're, you're playing for a national championship and points away from doing it. So you really couldn't ask you know, for anything more. Um, also knew I wanted to get into Division One at, at some point and, um, you know, Brett Macy offered me the job at the University of San Diego um, after that second season at Kenyon. And um, Ryan Keckley, who was one of my friends from uh, junior tennis and college tennis, was his assistant. You know, said, hey, this is a great opportunity and flew out to San Diego, met with Mace and got along really well with him. And the program was very good. He obviously had won a national title at USC. So I uh, was really fortunate to, to be able to spend a, a year out there with him. 
Yeah, for sure. A lot worse places you could be than out in San Diego. <laughs> it was. It, it was great. I mean, it was it was paradise out there, but let me tell you, it was expensive. It was expensive. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So uh, let's kind of bring you back to where you are now. There's an opportunity that comes uh, at the University of Iowa as the assistant. Now, your head coach at the time had been there for over 30 years. How did that opportunity open up and when you looked at interviewing did you also think to yourself the head coach has been here for over 30 years there may be an opportunity here when he chooses to um, retire whatever the situation is you may be able to slide in there depending on certain circumstances I, I personally I thought that was I thought that was a risk but I thought if I did take the position I was a risk that was worth worth taking um, and you know, I got, I got, a, I, I got a lot of advice from some of my, uh, some of my colleagues and they were like, don't, don't take that job. You know, that's, that's, you don't want to do that. You're at San Diego. It's a great place. You guys are winning, you know, Brett's doing, you know, such a great job and he was, and I loved it there. Um, and I actually wasn't really that interested initially. And, uh, you know, Ty Tucker had called me and, you know, twice and said, this is a job you need to look at. And the second call, I, I called coach Houghton. Um, who he'd recruited me and we'd stayed in touch for years. Um, he'd offered the job to, to someone else and then ended up calling back two days later and talked about for two hours and ended up uh, offering me it. And I took it and, uh, but was under the assumption that he was going to be there for three to five years. And so I thought that would be an opportunity for us to really improve the program and recruiting and scheduling and every aspect, get to know a lot of the people in administration and academic services and things like that, and then possibly be able to be the head coach. Um, but lo and behold, he leaves less than a year after I start. Um, and I was fortunate enough. I know he put in a, a lot of work to get me to be the um, interim for that season. And fortunately had, you know, really, really good season that year. Um, program really started to, to get on the rise. We finished in the top 75 and um, Gene Taylor, who's now the uh, head AD at Kansas state hired me on as, as the head, coach here at Iowa yeah and I mean you've had success every single year more and more success every year in this past year you guys were doing great as well um you're obviously familiar with the Big Ten having played there having grown up in Ohio this was not foreign territory to you at all you knew that there were some programs in there that are powerhouses mm -hmm. uh, that probably I don't know if that was an advantage to you or a disadvantage sometimes when you know too much it can get kind of scary versus if you don't know anything you just kind of go in and you do your you, you go day by day you knew what was in front of you uh, with some teams in that conference you kind of took you kind of took toll of what other schools had that maybe Iowa didn't have at that time and maybe walk us through how you kind of went trying to build your program where you definitely compete with those powerhouse programs in the conference. Yeah, man, I think, I think being able to have the experience to be the assistant for you know, Scott Tilkey and Brett Macy, and obviously playing at Ohio state in the conference where they've, you know, won so many big 10 titles. I mean, I, I saw firsthand, you know, the team culture aspect of it and then all the outside things. I mean, when I came to Iowa, obviously we needed to have a better schedule, you know, and, Rankings are all based on points, and if you're not beating teams in the top 50 and not having, you know, a good amount of home matches and opportunities to do that, it's going to be really, really hard to, to make the tournament and to have your team ranked high, so we had to change that. Um, in the recruiting process, you know, making sure that we found guys that, that loved tennis, that wanted to be at Iowa. Iowa's, uh, it's definitely not the place for everyone, but if, if you're a tennis player and you want to have good academics and 
want to be a pro and get as much as you can out of your tennis game, I think it's a great place to go to. Um, and then also, you know, for the guys that want to play professional tennis, we need to attract them here, not only with our schedule and our school and the Big Ten, but, you know, with a pro event, which Alex Voss, who's our tournament director, and I had worked on for about six or seven years um, and, and finally ended up getting the funding and we've had it for the last three years. So that's been a great tool for us to give our guys opportunities to play pro tennis and, um, you know, to go on and get ranked. I mean, Kareem Olaf, our number one player, made the quarterfinals. We had a doubles team in in the quarterfinals and that's only helped those guys be able to play in more of those events so um you know and then we've kind of added we were one of the first schools to have you know 12 um six kiosks in the indoor courts and then 18 live streaming um courts for play site ray benton who's a big supporter of our program is a investor in that in that uh, company and, and put us on to that which was which was awesome he's been a great help to us here um and then also you know just kind of little things, you know, that, that other programs have um, in terms of facility upgrades. And, you know, the mentality, though, it is big and how you want to do things on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think in all the programs that I've been a part of, I think the head coach has set the tone, the assistant coach, and then it goes down to the, the older guys and the leaders on down the line. And um, having continuity with your support staff, your strength and conditioning coaches, with your academic coordinators, having a relationship with your administrators to be able to you know, tell them here, this is what I want to do here. And then making sure that those goals match up with the way that the university wants to go about doing business. So um, those, those are all really important things. If you want to be a successful head coach in college, and it's a lot to juggle, um, but it is, uh, it, it, it leaves for a couple sleepless nights and uh, not a lot of free time. So. Yeah. But uh, also one major benefit that you have is you played for obviously a great coach and you've coached and learned from, great coaches as well so I know you've uh, in the coaching profession everybody steals from everybody but you've uh, you could steal from some of the best and obviously you put your own spin on things and uh, it, it's helpful to have that foundation I'm sure and you're doing a great great job like I said every year you're accomplishing more and more and more things with your squad so uh, I don't want to take up any more of your time I know you got a million things to do even though we're kind of still hold up a little bit but I know you got a lot of things to do behind the scenes I don't want to waste any more of your time. I appreciate it. This was fun, Coach. This was a fun discussion. And I wish you and, and your team the best of luck going forward. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. And always enjoy you know, listening to your interviews and learning about the other coaches. So keep up the good work, please. I appreciate it. I will. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, man.